Welcome to our Mindfulness Podcast. Each week we will have a different podcast, different speakers, different chants, different Dharma talks. But mindfulness practice in Buddhism helps us focus and helps us be aware. And this program will consist of many different ways of meditating. We usually begin with bowing or gasho, then we prepare to sit, and we will sit for approximately 10 minutes. And then we will either stand and walk for another five minutes to kind of get blood into our legs again and and, uh, relax our muscles. And then we'll sit for another 10 approximately. And then we will chant, which is another form of meditation. Uh, We focus on the characters and we pronounce the sounds as a group. And it's a kind of a ritual of oneness. And then after that, we'll have a short Dharma talk of about five to 10 minutes. And then we'll close with Gasho. And this also includes offering incense. We offer incense, but you could also light the incense before the service starts. And this is kind of the program uh, of how our meditation services proceed. And so we will be getting underway today uh, with our program. Thank you very much. Before we begin our sitting meditation, You may choose to sit on a cushion, or you may choose to sit in a chair. Either is fine. First, we'll center ourselves so that our back is straight. If you're sitting in a chair, you may want to sit forward in the chair and not use the backrest. This forces you to sit upright on your own. So if you're sitting in the chair, place your feet flat on the floor. Place your hands on your thighs and first we're going to gently rock from side to side. Gently rock from side to side. Gradually make that movement smaller like a pendulum that's coming to rest and you will sense or feel your balance point left and right. Now do the same forward and back. Gently rock forward and back forward and back, gradually making that movement smaller and find your center point of balance forward and back. Now you're centered, your back is straight, you're balanced, your chin is tucked down slightly, your eyes are half open and half closed. Don't close your eyes completely during meditation, half opened and half closed looking slightly down a few feet ahead of you. Hand position, place your left hand into the palm of your right hand and your thumbs are touching, uh, forming a circle as if you were gently holding an egg perhaps and place your hands uh, over your navel area. Be relaxed, don't be tense during meditation. So you may want to raise your shoulders up and drop them down to relax your shoulders before we begin our first sitting meditation. Once you're settled, centered, and grounded, then at the sound of the bell, we'll begin our first sitting meditation.
Put your hands together in Gosho and bow. Naman doubles, Naman doubles, Naman doubles, Naman doubles, Naman doubles, Naman doubles. Take a moment to stretch your legs, and we will have standing meditation. The feet should be about shoulder width apart, with the knees bent slightly. Upper body position is the same. Back straight and centered, shoulders relaxed, eyes half open. Standing in this way is a reminder that we can extend this way of being to our life when we're not engaged in meditation per se. We might be having to wait for someone to arrive or wishing some person would help us. They don't seem to be interested in our problem. Instead of becoming upset and agitated, we can have a moment of standing meditation.
Please put your hands together in Gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Naman Dabutsu. Naman Dabutsu. Naman We will begin our second seated meditation. Please be seated. You can resume your former position. Again, back straight, eyes lowered, hands resting comfortably in your lap, legs crossed or sitting in a chair. We will begin at the sound of the bell.
please put your hands together in Gasho and bow. Namo Amidabuts, Namo Amidabuts, Namo Amidabuts, Namo Amidabuts, Namo Amidabuts. We will now have sutra chanting. A sutra is a sacred scripture from Buddhism. These originated long ago in India and in China. The text that we chant is actually Chinese, a translation from Sanskrit originals. Is it necessary to understand the meaning of what we're chanting? Of course, not at the outset. We don't know anything about it when we first begin. But I believe that we should aim to understand what the sutra is teaching us. We should have a basic awareness of its content. These are the teachings of our Shin Buddhist tradition, after all. For that reason, we provide in the Shin Buddhist service book some pages of explanation and some English translations. What we experience by chanting, I would say, has three aspects. The first aspect is meditative, like sitting or standing or breathing. Chanting forces us to focus our attention on the present moment, and it helps to calm our minds. Second, there is a ritual aspect. We are reenacting something that's taken place countless times over the centuries. We are connecting with the many followers of our Buddhist tradition who have chanted these same words, and we are gaining a sense of oneness with the other people who are chanting at this time, perhaps listening to this podcast. Third, there is a learning aspect. This is to gain a little bit of knowledge of what the meaning of the characters that we chant are, and we do that separately, I would say, from actual chanting. In the story of the larger sutra, the Bodhisattva declares his 48 vows, things which must be fulfilled if he is to attain perfect enlightenment. Immediately after declaring the vows, he speaks in verse. These are the verses we call Jusege. He says, I will unfailingly attain supreme enlightenment. I will save all the destitute and afflicted everywhere, and my name will be heard throughout the universe. Let's chant the Jusege. Gagon cho se gan, he she Oh, God. 
Please put your hands together in gasho, bow, 
Namo Amidabutsu, Namo Amidabuts, Namo Amidabuts, Namandabuts, Namandabuts, Namandabuts. Swimming Beneath the Waves. In January 2010, a very large and dangerous rainstorm was pounding the Southland. There was serious flooding, and the Los Angeles River was raging like the ocean with powerful currents and large waves crashing along the cement walls of the aqueduct. Everyone had been warned to stay away. Everyone, except for a lone German shepherd near the town of Vernon. The nickname that would eventually be given to this poor lost dog, Vernon. Vernon had fallen into the river and was clinging to both the aqueduct and to his very life. Someone noticed Vernon and called the Los Angeles Fire Department. They responded immediately with over 50 firefighters along with a helicopter. The plan was to lower a firefighter from the helicopter down to the dog via a harness. This was very dangerous due to the wind, high waves, and this very large, frightened German shepherd. The dog was shivering and his ears were pinned back. This was all captured on live television. The dog did not have much time before it would be swept away to its death. Suddenly, dangling from the helicopter was 25-year veteran firefighter Joe St. George's. He knew that he had to get a muzzle on Vernon but there was no time. The only thing he could do was to just go for the capture. But Vernon was frightened, and as Joe grabbed him, Vernon bit down on his hand with all his might. Joe and the dog were now dangling over the river as they were being hoisted back up to the hovering helicopter. Both were immediately taken to the hospital, one for humans and one for dogs. Joe's hand was seriously injured, and Vernon was suffering from exposure. Joe had fractured his thumb and lost a nail from the bite. Joe had his hand in a cast for several weeks during that time, and Vernon was also being cared for. Later, Joe said that he didn't really have the time to establish any rapport with the dog. He's cold, he's wet, he's scared. And then here's this stranger jumping on his back, and he did what dogs do. This hour-long rescue was both famous and infamous. Joe, still wearing his cast, and several of his fellow firefighters even appeared on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Vernon was also becoming quite famous. Many of the viewers wanted to adopt him. However, some also questioned the risk and expense of saving a dog. Many felt that both were far too high for the rescue of just a dog. They questioned the priorities of the LA Fire Department. Fire Captain Steve Ruda responded to these concerns by saying that the rescue was not as extravagant as it may have appeared. All the firefighters were fully trained, already on duty. The rescue also had not affected their response times to any of the other emergencies that day. I watched all of this with my son. He was 20 years old at the time and a California state lifeguard whose goal was to become a fireman. So this story was very personal for me. And I love dogs very much. They are by far my most favorite animal. I even began to tear up a bit as I wrote this essay. But I also love my son very much and wouldn't want to have him placed in grave danger even for a dog. I felt very conflicted, so I looked at my son and asked him what he would do if he saw a dog drowning in the Santa Ana River during a storm. This isn't really a hypothetical. He often lifeguards where the Santa Ana River empties into the Pacific Ocean near Brookhurst and PCH. Without hesitating, he said matter-of-factly that he would just take off his shoes and pants and dive into the water and save the dog. 
He then turned the question around on me and asked, what would I do? Without thinking, I said that I would try to stop you. This might not be the right answer, but it's the most honest answer I could come up with. The answer of a father who also loves his son very much. My son then looked at me, smiled and said, Dad, don't you understand? Some days the surface of the ocean is safe and calm, while on other days it's rough and dangerous. But the ocean below is always calm every day. This is where the lifeguard swims. We rely on the depth of the ocean, not on the surface of the water. I was stunned. For him, my question had nothing to do with dogs or danger. The premise of my question was flawed. First, lifeguards just save lives. Human or canine is irrelevant. Second, there is no danger or safety. There are only rescues. The victims are in danger only because they are fighting the ocean. It is the lifeguard who pulls them out of this fight. I was no longer worried about my son. I would no longer try to stop him. I was relaxed about his safety. I was calm. I began to think more about this idea of surface versus depth as it relates to Buddhism. Life is also like an ocean, one which we only experience on the surface. This is where things are impermanent and full of risk and danger. This is where life is suffering. We are greedy for things that make us feel safe and are angry with things that make us feel anxious. But this only occurs because we are unaware of the depth of our lives, a depth that gives us permanent support. If we can realize this depth in the here and now, then we will no longer suffer. We will also be calm. We will only be living, no longer struggling with life and death. Sometimes life is good and sometimes it's bad, but this is only on the surface. The depth of our lives will always be calm. It is this depth that one may always rely on. In our tradition, we call this Namo Amidabuts. Please join me in Gasho. Namandouts, 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 Namandouts. This concludes our podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and gained something from this segment. Please join us again. And thank you. Due to health concerns related to the COVID-19 virus, OCBC campus will remain closed through April of 2020. See our website, ocbuddhist.org, for more information. For access to more content, please visit our YouTube channel by searching for the Orange County Buddhist Church. There's over 40 different videos, all about 15 to 20 minutes each, from Dharma Talks and Adult Study given on Sundays at the Orange County Buddhist Church by various ministers. Please attend online. Today's program was presented by Reverend John Turner, Reverend Marvin Harada, Reverend Ellen Crane, and Minister's Assistant James Pollard. Executive Producers Reverend Marvin Harada and Jim Scott. Produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, USA. Directed and engineered by Reverend John Turner. Edited by Jim Scott. 
This program includes excerpts from Time Stood Still by Riley Lee, used with permission. This program is copyright 2020, Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, USA. All rights reserved. We hope you'll join us for future podcasts, or please check out our Buddhist online program at everydaybuddhist.org. Our website is ocbuddhist.org. There are Dharma messages that you can read on the website, and the online program has a number of Buddhist education courses from introductory level to the study of Buddhist texts. If you've never attended one of our meditation services, we are located at 909 Southdale Avenue in Anaheim. Thank you for joining us today.